You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Uh, We have a bunch of stuff we're going to get to here today. Obviously, you know, some uh, roster shuffling, a couple of players brought in over the weekend uh, to head to Berea for training camp practices, which will begin on Friday, fingers crossed, hopefully. Um, you have some players coming off the physically unable perform list. We're going to get to that as well. We'll talk about the current state of college football. Um, we got some listener questions all here on Monday's Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Locked On Browns. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Today's Monday episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, as I mentioned, some new players were brought in over the weekend. We'll get to the in-house stuff here. Um, uh, Jarvis Landry, Farrell Brown, Carl Joseph, all activated off the active physically unable to perform list, which means they will be ready to go and they are now able to participate. Jamon Moore off of the COVID-19 list. So this means of the 80 players currently on the Cleveland Browns roster, Only David Njoku at this time is not eligible to participate. A lot could change before Friday. For Jarvis Landry, this is huge. Um, A lot of people and the questions they had for the Browns this year, a lot of it was contingent on where Jarvis was in his recovery from his February surgery on his hip. Um, Obviously, you know, played in the Pro Bowl, which a lot of people thought was, you know, a little strange seeing that he, you know, was going to need off-season surgery at the time. They thought it was going to heal out on its own. But Jarvis went ahead, got the surgery done. It was a six to eight month window. It looks like he's right at about the six month and ready to go. So be able to get these uh, reps within training camp uh, for him to be healthy, for Odell to be healthy. I still think that both of these guys' reps will be numbered. I don't think they're going to be going out there, you know, 100% taking every rep possible. I think you're going to be smart and do your due diligence about this because obviously the health of these two players is vital to the success of the 2020 Cleveland Browns offense. Farrell Brown I've spoken on. I think there's a role here for Farrell Brown. He is probably the second best blocker in the building currently at the tight end position. Uh, you still need to see David Njoku grow as far as that. Harrison Bryant, still gonna, it's going to take some time. He's, he's a ways away from being able to contribute uh, as a run blocker in the way you would wish for him to be able to. Steven Carlson, same thing here. So if those three cannot make vast improvement, there is a role here possibly for Farrell Brown to make the final 53 just due to the fact of his prowess in the run blocking game. Uh, Carl Joseph, as we've spoken, it was a little nervous that he was on the physically unable to perform, uh, perform list. Um, you know, Carl, it's been a history of injuries since he's been in the league. Fantastic player when he is healthy, but health has always been the question. So to get him right here to be able to go um, as we kick things off Friday for team practices, that's a big get. Jamon Moore, obviously it's going to be a big, big battle for him to make this final 53. But at least now he's going to go to the plate with his bat, with the bat in his hand, so to speak, as he will be able to participate in everything else. Uh, we had talked about the fact that there was some depth needed here for this franchise in some certain positions. Um, one of them wasn't necessarily a huge one in the cornerback position, but when a team releases a third-year player who was a former second-round pick, um, if you have the opportunity, maybe it's something to you know basically go ahead and you know get your hat in the ring, so to speak. And Andrew Barry and his team did this, acquiring uh, cornerback uh, MJ Stewart formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, formerly out of the University of North Carolina. 
Uh, MJ was a 2018 second round pick. He probably was a little bit overdrafted. Um, the not a fantastic athlete. The 40 was in the mid four fives. Um, the jump numbers weren't fantastic. He's had a tough time in his time in Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, he started his second week as a rookie, showed you know some signs in his first couple of games as a rookie. I think then people kind of caught his number. Then he missed significant time as a rookie. Came back late in the season. It wasn't really a role for him. Wasn't a big role for him last year either. I think, and we've talked about on previous episodes. The Browns put an emphasis this year on cornerbacks that they brought in with size. Um, this is one where MJ doesn't really you know, qualify there. Only 5'11", 200 pounds. Um, he's appeared in 10 games and with one start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that was last year. 21 games overall, six starts. 64 career tackles, five passes defense. Nothing there really wows you. I think they're going to bring MJ in here with the possibility of Something along the lines of maybe a nickel cornerback spot. Um, I had spoken that maybe Denzel would maybe kick inside on weeks you need it, and I still think that's a certain possibility. If that's the uh, the opponent's you know the opponent that week, their biggest weapon is the slot guy. I still think maybe there's probably roles where you're going to do that with Denzel Ward. But this is going to be the uh, you know opportunity perhaps for MJ Stewart. I don't think this is a lock for MJ Stewart to make this final 53 with Denzel. With Greedy, Terrence Mitchell here for the time being. Uh, we'll see how it works after the you know the veteran obviously in a tough spot here. You know, not brought in by this regime, but has done nothing really to you know play his way off this roster in the two years he's been here. Solid veteran, and you like to keep those things around. But he could have worth to somebody else. So that may be something that they are going to look into with Terrence Mitchell. But you have Kevin Johnson that you brought in. They made a big investment in A.J. Green. Uh, Tavier Thomas, just a ridiculously good special teams player. Uh, a lot of depth in that cornerback room, and it should make for some really, really good competition. There's an opportunity for M.J. Stewart, but I don't believe M.J. Stewart is guaranteed a spot on the final 53. He's going to have to earn that. Um, and thus far as playing Tampa Bay, maybe doesn't warrant it, but you never know. New regime, new system. <clears throat> maybe this is what M.J. Stewart needs to get himself a little bit more comfortable within the NFL. Also brought in over the weekend, and now we have talked about this a ton, is they were in serious need of depth on this offensive line. Uh, you know, with everybody opting out and to lose four offensive linemen opting out, and we had talking about the, we have talked about the fact that the only two guards on the roster are your starters. There was no depth at guard anymore. The Browns signed free agent Michael Dunn. They waived tight end uh, Nate Whiting. I, I think that probably had something to do with Nate as far as once Farrell Brown was healthy. Uh, there was no sense really keeping any tight end on the roster who didn't have really an opportunity to make this roster. They are deep within the tight end room, so Nate Waring obviously moves on. Don, six foot five, three fifteen, um, was a University of Maryland product. He's never really been in the NFL. He's had a couple of cups of coffee on practice squads, whether it was with the Rams or whether it was with the Jaguars. Um, he played in the defunct AAF as a member of the Birmingham Fire. If everybody remembers those days, it seems like it was only yesterday, but it was actually a year and a half ago. Um, he was part of the Seattle Dragons this year in the XFL. Again, another defunct league. Um, size doesn't, you know, his mobility, you know, a little bit of a question mark. Had a solid career at Maryland, but this is 
where the Browns are at now at the guard position. Um, and obviously there was some talk here about Garnett uh, released by the Detroit Lions, former number one overall, uh, number one pick for the San Francisco 49ers in 2016. Maybe he's still a possibility. But at this point, you're scraping any barrel you can to find some offensive guard help here for the Cleveland Browns. So Michael Dunn brought in former University of Maryland product. Uh, gets you at least, you know, now maybe you can at least fill out two offensive lines here and at least have a second string, uh, you know, start going through camp exercises and camp drills. So you're not wearing out, obviously, Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio, who are certainly going to be your starters come day one. Um, like I said, we were going to discuss the transactions over the weekend for the Browns and their roster manipulation. We have now done that. We're going to get to the state of college football. It's been a crazy, I'd probably say, last 12 to 15 hours as far as the Power Five of college football, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. We got listener questions coming, uh, just more and more as we continue to roll on through, as we get our eyes towards a Friday practice in Berea in hopes of getting closer and closer to the start of the 2020 NFL season. Rock Auto. Other stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. <clears throat> rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and price you prefer Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So now with college football and first, you know, as far as some of these smaller conferences, you know, obviously, you know, everybody in Ohio, you know, that holds a, a dear, dear regard, you know, to the MAC conference. Um, for some of these conferences, such as the MAC, the financial, the financial burden of getting everybody tested and the amount of tests that you're going to have to, you know, have the you know, players take, the staff take, it, it's big and it's a hefty, hefty financial burden. These MAC schools and you know some of these other, you know, tier two, tier three division, uh, you know, FBS schools, it, it, it's just not feasible for them with you know with the amount of resources they have financially it could end up defuncting the program forever by having this season power five schools however it is a little bit different and now we've heard the word over the last couple of days about the fact that the uh you know there was a lot of talk about big 10 you know and it seems like they were the first to speak on it that maybe it just was not going to be able to happen uh, now, you know, yesterday and word was coming that maybe we would hear from today that, you know, if the Big Ten was the first one to essentially drop the shoe and drop the hammer, canceling a 2020 season, uh, the other Power Five conferences would, you know, basically be in agreement and probably follow suit, um, pushing it to the spring. Here's the problem with pushing the college football season to the spring. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's more than one problem. First off, is you're going to play a spring season, you know, whenever you say you start it, um, a number one, you need to make sure that we are back as a country to the point where we can do this and you know take the risk. Then, I mean, it's already gone on six, you know, six months almost here in the uh, in the United States. Do we think in another four to five months it's going to be gone, wiped away? I don't know yet. It's really, really difficult to say as far as that respect. But if you're going to play a spring season, 
the turnaround. Um, you know, football, there's a reason, you know, football is from September, you know, to the first week in February. It's the most demanding sport there is. Um, your body needs time to heal. Your body needs time to adjust. And that's, that's just in case you, if you didn't come out with an injury, that's, I mean, you know, People, you know, human bodies are not usually made to crash into each other at 21, 22 miles an hour. Yes, padding, helmets, all that's involved. It is a physically taxing and demanding sport. So if you were going to play it in the spring of 21, how are you going to turn around and then have another season that starts three months later in the fall of 21? It's a huge demand on a human body as far as recovery. And, you know, each year, you know, especially in the college season, each year these players grow, physically grow, put on more muscle mass. And it's going to be very, very difficult to do that with three months in between. The other thing is, you know, how does it work as far as players who are now draft eligible? Um, We saw how many players now to this point have opted out of playing this fall, even if it does exist. Um, So uh, is anybody who is draft eligible going to play football in February or March. I mean, if they suffer a injury there, uh, it's not like in September where it's an ACL and you know it's a 10-month turnaround. That's it. Your entire rookie year is gone. Um, your draft status, you know, stock is is going to plummet. Uh, you know, how, as far as, you know, our program's going to stay the same? Is somebody going to look to change coaches? Um, and with all the, you know, kids now maybe looking to put themselves in the transfer portal, portal I, I just don't know how you play a 2020 spring season. Look, if you cannot play this fall, and look, it's going to suck. Obviously, college football, it's huge. It just carries a different fan fandom, um, viewership than the NFL does. It's just it's apples and oranges, still the same sport, but it just it's different in that variable. I just don't. If there is no fall 2020 season, I don't understand having a spring. 21 season and then just rolling right back again in the fall it just doesn't make sense to that regard but as it was starting to leak yesterday that maybe the big 10 was going to be the first to drop the hammer and this is actually pretty remarkable when you think about 19 20 21 year old college kids coming together as one trying to you know save their season um and part of the issue is look kids look they want to play i can truly understand that they want to play um, and here's the difference between them and the NFL. The NFL players, yes, they are taking a risk by playing, but they are also taking a risk, you know, and some of these players are making 12, 13, 14, 15 million dollars, if not more, to play. These college kids, there is no massive financial reward by playing this season. So that's where it gets dicey for them. But they have banded, and now the talks came out. Now there were some players from Clemson reached out to some players from the Pac-12. Um, and within an hour, they put together a Zoom call with players all over the country. Everybody voicing their concerns. Everybody voicing that they would like to play this season. And it leads you to um, you know, a statement like this, which you know has been put out on social media by Trevor Lawrence, has been put out on social media by Justin Fields, two of the biggest names in college football right now. We all want to play football this season. What we need, basically, establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. They need to give, they want the players to have the opportunity to opt out and have their decision respected. Guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play this season or not. Meaning if I'm not going to play in 2020, 
I do want to come back in 2021 if everything is safe. I don't want my scholarship given away. I want to have my right to have my voice heard if I choose to step out. Use uh, our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials, school presidents, school trainers, the athletic director, the coaches, between players and officials, ultimately create a college football players association representative of the players of all Power Five conferences. This is a major landmark. Um, there are legal difficulties in getting this to happen. Um, I am not the person to speak on that. We're probably going to get somebody in here this week so we can sit down and give us a further idea on that and how it all works. But this is this is crazy, crazy impressive that so many young college kids at this age can get together and put out a decision like this. Um, it's it amazes me, uh, you know. And I've talked about this all the time, you know, because my child, my children are twelve and thirteen, and I talk all the time about how much more educated they are than I was at the time. But you look at this, and the most powerful players in all of college football coming together, looking to have their voice heard, not only for this situation, but for the continuity of the sport and have these players taken care of and being respected. And right now, it's not even about financial restitution. It's just about the fact that this game, which they are such a part of, and they are the major players of it, that they have their voice heard. They have their concerns listened to. And yes, this obviously you know rallies over into and also a cry for you know being able to speak on the Black Lives Matter movement. And just whatever these young kids feel. And I mean, if they want to be able to take a stand through their platform, which is college football fields where stadiums are holding 100,000 people, they want that to be heard. Uh, it's an amazing day for college football. Um, amazing day for such young men the ages they are, and I'm assuming all other college sports are going to try to develop into this, and obviously you know, women's sports as well, which it, it just makes for a great, fantastic thing to see young people stand up for what they believe in, stand up for what they feel is right. I'm really, really impressed by what these guys did. Is it going to change the fact um, that there could be a 2020 college football season? We're going to have to wait and see on that. But for now, um, obviously a major move by the talent of college football wanting this 2020 season and saying, hey, let's all get together, use our heads, speak to us like the intelligent young people we are, and let's find a way to maybe get this product going in 2020 safely, smartly, so everyone can enjoy the sport and everybody playing it can remain safe and feel comfortable being on the field, being in locker rooms, and being on practice fields. We're going to get to some listener questions here in a minute. Um, always appreciate those guys. Obviously, the lifeline of the show. Um, the show only goes as far as you guys allow it to. Um, and I know I have a great bunch of listeners. Um, and there's a bunch of you guys that I talk to day in, day out. I couldn't be more appreciated, appreciative of all of you. If you are not subscribed to Locked On Browns, whether it's Spotify, whether it's iTunes, get on that now. Smash the subscribe button. Uh, Five-star ratings are always, always appreciated. Written reviews, again, always appreciated. Help the growth of the show. Doesn't cost you a dime. Certainly helps me. Please make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, on Spotify. Those five-star ratings and written reviews, they are a godsend. Thank you, guys. So like I said, we have listener questions that we are going to get here today. Um, today's show kind of came together quickly. Um, you know, I, I went to bed last night with a plan for today's show. Uh, you know, woke up, finished my duties over at Pro Football Network, uh, opened up 
social media and you know obviously a lot going on here so we kind of changed here on the fly today as far as some of the topics we uh, were intending to get to so we do have listener questions which again I, I cannot be more thankful of so we'll start right off the bat um and now this one here first from believe land andy would you rather be a carrot or a potato rock and start on the questions here today a potato you can do a million things with it and you know carrots carrots just stink Team Potato over here, Andy. What is more likely, and this is from the quarantine czar, B. Burns, what's more, B. Bruns, I should say, what's more likely if health isn't a factor? Hubbard taking over at left tackle or Hubbard taking over at right guard? I've said throughout the onset, I think Hubbard, I think he's valued in this system due to his athleticism. Um, The question would be, why were there so many guards here if their intention was to put Chris Hubbard at guard? I think Chris Hubbard is a tackle in this system. Can things possibly have changed now due to the fact that you had four players on this offensive line opt out of the 2020 season, and right now you only have three guards in the building? Yes, that could certainly change. But my issue with Hubbard, and look, with him being probably an asset as far as athletic ability and agility in this offense in the run game, the fact still remains as far as his pass protection. Chris Hubbard is not does not display functional strength. He takes the bull rush and gets beat a ton with it. Kicking him inside, where it's now going to be against heavier, stronger players, I don't see how that is going to fix the issues that Chris Hubbard as a player has. So it, he may end up playing some reserve guard just due to the fact that they don't have enough people right now, but I don't believe it is best suited for the Browns in the long term or for Chris Hubbard in the long term to go from tackle to guard. Uh, Now we have here from at DHEC51, if college football is indeed canceled for 2021, are you as a GM buying or selling your 2021 draft picks? This is a fantastic fantastic question. Um, Hopefully we don't have to cross this bridge. But this is what makes the Browns front office now different than years past and different than a lot of other front offices within the NFL. They are heavy analytic driven. So how are they looking at draft prospects? They, you know, there should be a combine or there should at least be pro days heading into the 2021 draft. So you go, you're going to get to measure athleticism. So you know, you're going to get these guys will be graded athletically against their peers. You are going to have whatever college football they have played to this point as far as their statistical production. You're going to take these things along with size and you're going to weigh them all together and try to make the best educated decisions. Obviously, it's going to be a shorter resume um, if there isn't a 2020 college season. Obviously, you know the amount of game tape that's going to be available, it's going to be light. You know, We've talked about players like Rondell Moore, players like Gregory Rousseau from the University of Miami players who look like dominant, dominant players, but you would love to have gotten the opportunity to get 12, 13, 14 more games of game footage. It's just not going to be the case if, well, for those players specifically, but if there is no 2020 college season, that's it's just not going to be the case this year. The Browns have 10 selections. The question would be, even still, if they don't need 10 players, are other people, are other teams, other front offices going to say, you know, are they going to, look, I, I'll take 13, I'll take 14, I'll take 15 draft choices. So this way I can double up on the fact that, you know, if there's going to be some misses due to the fact we don't have enough tape on these guys, then let me double up. Give me a big, big, heavy draft class. Interesting to see. You know, would, would I say the Browns make all 10 selections next year? 
either way, even if there wasn't a college season, I would say I don't see the Browns making all 10 selections next year anyway because I'm not sure there's going to be 10 roster spots open. Um, but if I'm a GM here and the way that the Browns do things and I love the analytical approaches, you know, giving yourself all the information possible to make the best educated decision, I'm going to keep the draft choices I've got for 2021. I may not keep all 10 of them, but you know, I'm, I'd be comfortable with seven. So if I got to, you know, if I can find a way to move, you know, stack them over for future years, certainly that's a possibility. And that wouldn't have changed whether or not there was a 2020 season or not. Baker Mayfield projections for 2020. Yardage, TDs, completion percentage, interceptions, TG percentage um, from uh, Mayfield, Garrett, Willis era. Um, I think Baker's completion percentage is going to get much higher. I'm going to say mid-60s. This is going to be a much more comfortable offense for him just due to the threat of the running game. Also, and due to the threat of the play action, which Baker is so good at. This is going to create a bunch of wide-open throws for Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to say completion percentage. You're talking in the mid-60s. The interceptions, we talked about you know, getting him back to a workable number. I believe it's 37 through his first two years in the NFL. Obviously, that is not not a workable number at 16 at 18 and a half per um, 16 and a half per. You need to get this down to a much workable number. Single digits, single digits may not happen, but if you get this to that 10 to 12 range, that should be plenty, plenty fine, especially with the enhancements done on defense, so to make Baker's life easier. Touchdown passes, I'm figuring you're probably thinking 30 to 35. Um, you know, you figure uh, Landry, Odell last year with 10, both of them healthy. That number probably creeps closer to 15. Uh, the addition of Austin Hooper having David Ajoku, David Ajoku back in a full season. Rashard, Rashard Higgins being here. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go 30 to 35 there. Yards, um, can he sniff 4,000? Uh, 4,000 would depend on how the Browns play this year. Um, you know, are they ahead late in games? Are they winning games? The lesser the record is, seven wins, eight wins, the more opportunity for yardage is going to be there. Because Kevin Stefanski, with this wide zone scheme and with the changes that have been put onto the offensive line, the goal is to get up early and then get to later in the game and just kill the clock with Kareem Hunt, obviously with Nick Chubb, running that wide zone, wide zone, letting this solid, on paper, run-blocking offensive line just lean on people to close out ball games. Uh, let's see if we got any other here that we like here before we put a bow on this one. That uh, appears to be the last of them. So with that, I do appreciate everybody. Let's see if we got one more here. Uh, so, yeah, no, we pretty much got to all of them. Um, there is one here about Kevin Stefanski. Um, God forbid he ended up, uh, testing positive or the coordinators. I believe the staff Kevin Stefanski has put together, and there are a lot of guys here that Kevin Stefanski is familiar with. Um, so obviously when the staff was constructed, there was no thought here of what coronavirus would do to the NFL. Um, but he's got players he trusts. Alex Van Pelt is here. He's been around the offensive side of the ball coaching for a long, long time. On the defensive side of the ball here, he's got a couple of guys that he trusts, uh, You know, whether it is the linebacker coach, uh, whether it's help within the secondary. So I believe they have a nice mix, a nice stack of blend here if, God forbid, something like this were to happen. Um, but the question is going to be, if it does happen to one of them, how does it affect the rest? Because these guys will, you know, will have been in meeting rooms with players, a lot of players. And so let's hope that's another one. We do not 
have to deal with. This has been your Monday Locked On Browns. We talked about the new additions in MJ Stewart, Michael Dunn. Uh, obviously, players coming off the uh, physically unable to perform list. The only player as of now not al- eligible to practice on Friday would be David Njoku. Still plenty of time for that to change here. Talked about the landscaping, uh, change of the landscape in college football here where maybe it's over. The players are trying to stand up for themselves to help salvage the season. Um, really, really impressive what these these young guys have put together. Uh, listener questions from you guys. Again, fantastic. I always preach you guys for that. Um, enjoy your Monday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.